Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 how are y'all doing out there? Hopefully well. I'm, of course, your host, Mark Krishnez, and you can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to support my shows, if you already know you like them, if this is your first time, Catching the show, listening to a show, watching the show, maybe saying to yourself, What the hell are you asking for support? I don't even know if I like you. Well, I'm sorry. But you can do so over at patreon.com slash pxs. And if you want links to the site, the YouTube, the Discord, and everything else, you can find all of them over at pxsausage.com. But what do I have to talk about on today's episode? I have a lot, quite a bit, including No Place Like Home, Agatha Christie, Hercule Perot, The London Case, Smurf's Cart, Dogfight, A Sausage Bomber Story, Sengoku Dynasty, and a bit of DLC for Cow the Kangaroo, which I may be pronouncing that wrong because I know I initially, when I talked about that game, pronounced the name wrong and then I learned the correct pronunciation but it's been far too long since then but I got all that to talk about was there any news that happened? I don't know as I told Enchi once before after he left a comment saying he likes my take on various news stories and whatnot that I don't pay attention these days so if there's ever Anything he or anyone wants me to comment on, wants to hear my opinions on, you've got to leave a comment or mention it to me somewhere. Comment on the site, on the YouTube, somewhere. Let me know. So there's nothing. I can't think of anything. There's probably plenty of stuff, but again, just cannot think of a damn thing. I also want to try, this is something I've talked about before multiple times, but I'm going to use this episode as a an attempt to try and be better about superfluous words and phrases and dialogue like, like for instance, you know what I mean, you know what I'm saying, a popular one amongst myself is the problem is, and I would like to stop saying the problem is and instead just say what the problem is we'll see how it goes this is an exercise for me in part because I think all of that extra stuff while some people may enjoy it most people may not notice it or care I know that I'm way more sensitive to that stuff as both a creator and a consumer and for some people they like it because it adds a bit of character to a person's way of speech gives them somewhat of a personality even though it's not particularly unique it does identify them to a certain extent I think it just gets in the way of the meat and potatoes sweet potatoes specifically don't give me any of them Idaho potatoes I don't need any of them worthless potatoes they might taste pretty good but they have way less beneficial purposes but it also is something for me that would help in getting the delayed thoughts and opinions and all of that out of my head so that I can better focus and better be able to express myself and get to how I feel about something instead of the jumble mess that is inside my brain. Anywho, let us get on to what I've been playing. Start with No Place Like Home. No Place Like Home is a farming, crafting drilling simulator I guess where earth has been 
destroyed essentially and people have to go into space and colonize new planets i believe but i don't remember the specifics there however you are playing a young girl who is going back to earth because you're one of the last people to get a ride out and you want to see your grandfather who has remained on the planet but he might be dead he might have died and left his ranch and all that jazz there the story is pretty whatever and I appreciate at least the fact that it does throw you in and doesn't overwhelm you with a lot of text and a lot of story you get story from characters from their quests and I started skipping that stuff immediately your first quest giver is a little chicken named Cornelius and they're telling you a whole bunch of stuff and I just could not care any less I also found it annoying that in the dialogue sections whereas in most games while you're watching text scroll by and it's waiting to fill in the entire text box if you press A or whatever the advanced button is on your correlating device, your correlating input, it would first show you, it, it would just advance to showing you the entirety of that particular bit of dialogue. And then you'd press it again to advance to the next bit of dialogue. In No Place Like Home, it advances to the next bit of dialogue. So if you want to skip the scrolling text so that you can read it faster because you're reading it faster than it's scrolling, too fucking bad. You just have to wait for it to scroll if you care enough about the story. Otherwise, you'll just advance to the next bit of dialogue. I found that annoying. And there are a lot of things about that or, or, or things about the way it's designed that are annoying and add up to making the whole experience pretty annoying. The way the game is structured is frustrating in that, as I said at the top of the game, description, whatever, part of the game is a drilling simulator in that the entire world, the, the slice of the world that you interact with, so you have your farm and then you branch out to swampy areas and industrial areas. There's a whole underground system as well that you gradually open up and create shortcuts for and eventually we'll be able to make it so that you can travel through the entirety without having to go topside. Every single bit of this world, underground, above ground, all of it is covered in these 10 to 15 foot high rock formations that you have to drill in order to get them out of the way so you can continue advancing and seeing more of the world. They're not even rock formations. I don't know why I said that because when you destroy them, you get piles of junk, plastic bags, pieces of whatever. So they're, they're, the world is essentially one giant dump that you are drilling your way through and cleaning up. One of the early areas is polluted and then you have to get a pollution robot device to clean it up. And then it looks really nice. When you do that to that area specifically, it becomes so nice and it makes all the other areas, even the farm, which is already pretty nice, look like not dog shit in comparison, but it is so much nicer and so much more pleasant that I wish I could just hang out there the whole time. But the entire world is full of junk that you have to drill through and drilling is tedious even as you advance your drill and upgrade it it's still tedious to just have to do this all the fucking time and you have your crafting you have your farming you have animal cultivating animal caring for you can build some buildings that allow you to get chicken, chickens and pigs and dogs and robots to your farm. I was trying to think of exactly what I would call it. I'm not drafting them. 
I'm not enlisting them, but I'm just thinking about military terms for whatever stupid reason. You fucking trick them into coming. You give them a little food and you say, hey, come here. And then when they're at your farm, they'll give you resources every day. So the chicken will give you eggs. The pigs give you truffles. I'm assuming that's what they were. Some kind of dirty ass looking thing. And when you collect the resources from them every day, they'll either want food or to be showered with water. And then you do that with all that. And then with the farming, you just plant your shit, water it every day, and eventually it'll grow up. <laughs> it'll grow up like a human. And then when it's of age, you fucking rip it out of the ground and you do whatever you want with it. You create mayo from it, preserves, get some honey from all your beehives. And the preserves, so you use food of various types to create preserves and preserves are used for crafting not for crafting they're for purchasing recipes or upgrades and then for crafting you use the electronics and something else or whatever so that there's that whole element one of the most frustrating things though in the game to go off of the finicky nature and how what was the thing that I talked about early on that was a little frustrating oh yeah the, the dialogue stuff how it's a little clunky and weird in ways the character whenever you stop moving they will also the not also they will always position themselves to face north directly north always so and if you rotate the camera, they'll rotate with it so that they're still looking north, straight ahead. But what this means is that if you want to interact with something, you have to make sure you position the character so that they will be looking at it, so that the thing that you want to interact with is directly north, or position your character and then rotate the camera so that the thing, the object is perfectly north. You can't come at something from the side and have the character look at it from the side or an angle or any other direction other than north. That is incredibly frustrating. Of course, as you play more and more, you'll get used to it and it won't become a huge problem because you'll just beat it in your head that that's how you have to interact with the game and interact with the characters and objects and everything in the game but it is annoying and it is weird to move your character around the environment and no matter where you're looking when you stop they'll automatically just jerk themselves to looking north but in the six to eight hours I put into the game it did not do a whole lot for me the drilling was excessive. It, it's just, there's just so much fucking drilling and it's so boring. And that is the biggest issue I had with the game is that throughout my entire time with it, I was just bored. I never felt like any new area discovered, any quest I was on, any item I crafted, none of it filled me with excitement. It, it felt like a game that has all these systems in it. It has the farming, it has the crafting, it has the resource gathering, it has this drilling, it has exploration, the underground stuff, and, and making your way through there, unlocking new shortcuts, and doing a bit of very light puzzle solving in the sense of, here's a pattern on the wall of four objects, here are some buttons, press them in the correct order. Okay, that was the, the most taxing, elaborate puzzle I encountered in my time with the game. And there's Comet as well. Forgot to mention that, but there are robots scattered around the environments. Some are very big, so they just take more hits. Some are small, and they'll attack you directly. Some will attack you from afar, and that's it so far that I've experienced. But the comment is very basic. You have food that you can refill your health, food that can 
So the food can make you run faster, move faster, give you more stamina, give you a boost to this, replenish your health, and so on and so forth. Or you can just sleep and replenish your health that way. You can put hats on all your animals at the farm. But it feels like a game where they had some good ideas and they took a lot of ideas from a lot of different types of games and they put them all in here. But that's as far as they went. They didn't give the game much of an identity, of a personality, of anything particularly unique. So it all fell flat and didn't at any point grab me and give me a reason to want to keep playing. The only reason I stuck with it is because it is very low energy, low attention requiring, so that I played a lot of it while I was making my way through the last two seasons of Supernatural, which are fucking awful. I hate that show. I can't believe I wasted so much of my life watching all 15 seasons. I don't regret things usually and I think at times I've even said I've never regretted anything in my life I regret watching Supernatural <laughs> it was a fucking waste of time yeah they just all the bad about that show they just it just gets worse and worse as it keeps going and it doesn't get any better the 15th season the 15th season is just fan service bullshit but you know what no place like home as mundane and unexciting as it is it made for good supernatural gaming <laughs> so good on you for that but after playing it for the six or eight hours again that I put into it I stopped and I'll probably go back because if there's ever another instance where I need a distraction or some really low energy gaming to go along with some other crap. It's good for that. But I got to an area where once I entered it, all I saw, because the drop distance was pretty all right, in front of me were all these big old piles of junk, but in the distance, all I saw were piles of junk everywhere. You see a mountain, and there's a trail that goes back and forth that kind of swirls to the top. And you just see along the entire trail. There's just pile after pile after pile because that's what they've done. They've created this map. At least that's what it seems like they did. It seems like they built the map for all these various areas and then they just said, okay, put a pile or, or, or when you are playing a game where you're able to create something, you select pile of junk and then you hold down the button and you just scroll across the entire floor of the entire area so that it just drops a pile on every single piece of geometry that it's able to have fun drilling that's what this game is predominantly it's just drilling 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 and sucking up you also have a fucking vacuum I forgot to say that but you have a vacuum so they can suck up all the fucking junk you bust with your drill so there's a lot of drilling and fucking suck it <laughs> that's no place like home there really is no place like home for Sonny Sonny this is a game for you because you probably think the aesthetic and all that and a fucking talking chicken named Cornelius is super adorable and there's lots of sucking and drilling so if there was ever a game for Sonny it, it's no place like home Next up is Agatha Christie, Hercule Poirot, The London Case, which I think I'm pronouncing as good as I can, the character's name. Because when they mentioned it in the game, I was like, oh, it's not Hercule, Hercule Porat. I, I wouldn't have said Porat. I, I wouldn't know how to say that. But Hercule Poirot is, is as close as I'll get. Because in, in the game, when they say the name, it sounds like they say Hercule with as little 
enunciation as it, it just sounds like they're maybe pronouncing the e as a u and somehow not managing to say everything else yet you still know what they're saying and i found it very frustrating because i'm like how 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 are you doing this but i've never read an agatha christie novel to my knowledge or any of the hercule perot books of course obviously given what i just said I also have never watched any of the movies, so I have very little experience with this character or I think Christy in general. That said, this game is okay. It's a detective game where you go around interacting with objects, discovering clues, talking to people, discovering information about them that way and then you through the gaining of knowledge and clues you build up this web of information and little points that you can then link together to understand clues better and to better solve cases to, to actually figure out cases and solve cases and when you're interacting with objects you can do the whole rotate thing around and with certain objects, you'll have a number of key points to find out about them, and they'll give you that number. So you scroll around them, and when the cursor is over something that is important, it'll expand a little bit to help you out. And you do all this. And it's kind of neat. The voice acting is also pretty solid, I'd say. I... I, I found it overall pretty good the the variation in accents felt pretty natural like they either got people who are very good at accents or potentially got people who fit those various backgrounds that was good and the writing's okay but there is weirdness in the audio mixing and some of the, the deliveries, whether that is in the actual performances or the way they are cut together, so that dialogue can sometimes feel a bit stilted and not super fluid. But the more noticeable issue with the audio, specifically with dialogue, is that throw has an internal monologue that he often goes into while talking to characters. So he'll talk to characters, they'll say something, he might say something, and then he'll go into an internal monologue. The internal monologue sounds like it was recorded through some kind of muffled closet where he was holding his microphone under a pile of clothes or speaking while sticking his head into a pillow or something because it is so muffled, it is so much more quiet and a little bit harder to understand, a little bit distorted. While the dialogue is actually really loud and clear and crisp and sounds good. But given that it goes back and forth between dialogue and this internal monologue that sounds like crap, the dialogue then sounds worse because it is so much louder than the internal monologue. So it sounds louder than it actually is because of that contrast. So the, the, the internal monologue's negatives, its, it's issues, it's, its deficiencies, not only hurt that, hurt itself, but it hurts the rest of the audio in terms of dialogue at least and voice acting and all that for me at least maybe that the, the contrast at least wouldn't bother other people but I found that annoying what's more annoying though is the fact that there is zero challenge in this game and that is where I think most people will either be okay with it because they just like the story and they, and they want to see it play out, even though it's always pretty obvious what's going on and where a story is going. 
but the lack of challenge makes the act of playing the game really boring and, and makes one question why they're even playing it and not just watching one of the movies or reading one of the books or listening to an audiobook, which would probably be pretty nice. I, I, I would bet there are probably some pretty good audiobooks and maybe some ensemble performances of various audiobooks. Those could be fun. But the reason why there's no challenge is because when you are going through your little web of clues and trying to figure out what goes together, you can just brute force it. There's no penalty for linking two things that don't go together when you are interacting with a character and trying to find out some information or use some of your key items that you've collected during this particular mystery, not mystery, case, I guess you'd call it. There's no penalty to that. And there's no penalty to any of it. So if you're if you're interacting with an object and you want to get a fingerprint or find a way of getting a fingerprint off of it uh, to, to take a impression of the fingerprint, you'll have three options, say. And they want you to pick two of them. There's no penalty for screwing that up. And that takes away all challenge because you don't have to think about it. And there are some parts where they they may have a, a question or a, a clue or a bit of information that they want you to they were you where they where they want you to say how you know this particular bit of information and how you know it in some cases at least that I've experienced. It's just inherent to Perot's already gained knowledge prior to the game's existence. So it's not you figuring something out based on your own discoveries, your own deductions, your own investigating. It is just, he already knows this, okay? He he, he, he knows that this is because of that. So just pick this one. And then you pick that one and you're like, okay, I... Good job, pro, Mr. Smarty Pants. Thanks for making me feel useless here. But that lack of challenge due to the lack of penalty, it makes the whole experience, it diminishes the whole experience. But if you if you enjoy Agatha Christie stories, once I'm all right, story in general just in terms of the voice and all that jazz it's okay and it looks nice the the aesthetic has a bit of a painterly vibe to it just a bit so it's not quite photorealistic and it looks nice from a distance but when they zoom in for the character dialogues then it looks a bit rough and the anatomy of characters is not always right there are, there are cases where you're looking at a character and their arms are clearly broken and then they were just shoved back on their body in almost the right place and you think to yourself how, how you doing buddy you okay <laughs> looks uncomfortable but you know whatever from a distance again looks fine but when they zoom in on characters and you see some of this little bit of jank it's like yeah alright that is again Agatha Christie Hercule Poirot The London Case it's okay but if you're looking for a challenge if you're looking for a game with a bit of deduction investigating that kind of detective thing where you really have to rack your brain and figure things out on your own not the game for you then we have Smurf's Cart, which I was really excited about. And it looks really, really good. But I'm pretty sure it looks really, really good because it just recycles assets from Mission Belief, which is a fantastic little 3D platformer. And that is where the positives begin and end. Smurf's Cart is 
maybe so it's a kart racer obviously from the card in the title it is maybe the worst kart racer i've ever played in the sense that it is unbelievably easy there are only two difficulties you have your fucking slow difficulty the casual baby difficulty and then what i think they call ultra speed which is just this is how it should be normally speed And what is ridiculous to me, so on the easiest difficulty, it is super easy. You don't have to think at all. And I would also immediately turn off, it defaults to having auto turning or whatever the hell that is called in a lot of car racers to on. Turn that off because it fucking makes the game feel horrible. I guess I will also say it feels pretty all right. So that's another positive thing. But one of the ways in which it's too easy is that the course design, for the most part, is so lacking of sharp turns or obstacles that require you to use your brake or your handbrake or drift or do anything because the turns are so wide that you can just turn without having to slow down at all and nothing that ever gets in your way to any substantial degree that's easy that makes it very easy and dull the levels also in general very uninspired because it seems again like they are just recycling things from mission belief going so far as the three cups which are comprised of four races a piece so you got 12 courses and then there are mirrored versions of all those courses so 12 courses and then an additional 12 that are just the mirrored versions of those they are structured and doled out in the same way, the same point at which they happen in Mission Relief. Sometimes words are hard, okay? When you when you have a bit of dyslexia and word comprehension, reading comprehension, just shut up, okay? They're 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 doled out at the at the same pace, whatever. So that the beginning parts, the beginning parts of Mission Relief, those make up the first card, uh, the first cup. The middle part of Mission Relief, those make up the uh, the races in the second cup, and then the end areas of Mission Relief, those make up the races in the third cup. And that, well, <laughs> it just, it just it, everything about this game. The more I played it, the more I thought. This, this just feels like, how can we take a lot from Mission Relief and make another game out of it to make some more money off of all the hard work that was put into Mission Relief, which is a great game. A great game. If you like 3D platformers, I highly recommend it because it looks great. It plays great. It was super fun. There are a few little frustrating elements, but overall, really good time. And I don't give a shit about the Smurfs. The Smurfs cart, super fucking boring. The course design is just super uninspired. None of, none of it's memorable. None of it stands out as, oh my, oh, I, I love racing in here. Minimal bits of shortcuts and stuff like that. All of the, all of the racers, which they're, they're a good chunk, 12 or 16. They have their various special, their, their character specific special, which range in, usefulness but after I played on the easiest the easy difficulty I said this is way too easy I went to the hard one it was still way too easy and I'm going to leave the game with this when I was playing the game on the hard difficulty I got distracted at one point looking at discord or amazon or something and when I looked back at the screen the race had already started i didn't realize the advance between races in the cup and the race had started when i noticed that it had already started it was at the point at which i had just been lapped and these are three lap races so i had just been lapped i was still at the starting line hadn't moved an inch and the rest of the 
racers had just started their second lap of three laps. Thanks to the power-ups and the shenanigans happening with all the other racers of them hurting each other with various power-ups and maybe some purposeful rubber banding, I came back from being a lap behind from being lapped in this three-lap race and I won the race on the hard difficulty. That's fucking insane. I already knew the game was super fucking easy. But when I realized that that could happen, the, the, the desire to want to keep playing at all was destroyed. It was killed in, inside of me. And also, regardless of difficulty, hard or easy, once you, once you get a lead, you're good. There were a few times where you'd get bombarded, where I got bombarded with power-ups from people behind me. But for the most part, you don't have to worry about a lot of blue shell equivalents hitting you over and over and over again if you're in first place or stuff of that nature. The power-ups themselves are also pretty, whatever the base power-ups, ignoring the character-specific ones. You've got a shell. Another thing before I move on to the rest of the games. This is a cart racer in general thing. I hate any cart racer where you can't fire power-ups behind you. So you have an acorn that works like a green shell. So something that isn't homing, but just kind of ricochets a bit and then disappears. You can't shoot it behind you. And when you're in first place, there's no fucking point to shooting it in front of you. I don't want to do it. And it also, in terms of power-ups, allows you to carry two at a time, but I could not find a way to switch between the two. So even if you want to save one of your power-ups, if you, say, have a shield and a homing bee, if you don't want to waste the homing bee, but you want to use your shield because you're in first place and the blue shell equivalent is heading your way, you have to waste the bee so that it can get to the shield and use the shield. That's also annoying. But that's Smurf's card. Do not recommend. Super disappointing. Looks great. Plays fine. Boring level design. Uninspired level design. And just beyond easy. I, I have not played a kart racer as easy as this. Now my nose is kind of running. I don't know why. It's just, My nose is running because I was... I was thinking about jokes and they all sucked so I just said nothing dogfight a sausage bomber story this is a horizontal scrolling shmup a side scrolling shmup that looks bad and plays worse and what's most baffling is that it is I'm playing on Xbox I think it's on Playstation as well maybe on Switch 2 probably because why wouldn't you put your game on Switch but it is a series exclusive this game is not available on Xbox One, and if it is, then it's a completely different version from this. And that is weird if you decide to Google this game and see what it looks like, because it does not look like it requires the power of a series console. But it plays horribly. It's also very, very easy. There's no difficulty. No, there was a difficulty option. Never. It defaults to mild, which I would guess would be the normal, and it's just super easy. But visually, it looks like a kid's PC game from 30 years ago-ish, 25, 30 years ago. Think putt-putt and that kind of stuff. It, it kind of reminds me of that. And the ship, your plane movement, it feels very rough. It's it's not fluid and it, it just never felt good. I turned off the screen shaking because that was really distracting and excessive. But it's a really basic shmup where you have your fire 
you have auto bombs they just fire in themselves you don't have to do those i don't think and you shoot enemies they'll drop medals occasionally which you use to improve your score and then the bonus ships the bonus planes that you destroy will drop weapon power-ups and occasionally they'll drop planes will drop heals or little shields and stuff of that nature and then you get to a boss which is super easy none of them are hard there it's a horizontal scrolling shmup but it is not a bullet hell game there are very in, in all the shmups i've played in recent memory this has the fewest number of bullets on screen to the point at times where you can go a while without seeing many bullets at all and it's like oh, what what is this this is not enjoyable at all and there's no challenge and why am i playing this and the answer is who knows for me obviously it's got sausage in the title how could i not but it it was it was not an enjoyable time then we've got Sengoku Dynasty, which is an early access game from Toplitz. Is it Toplitz Studios? Who is the, the, not the production, the publisher. And they put out other games in the Dynasty franchise, I guess, including Medieval Dynasty, which is the other one I've played. And. There, there's potential in Sengoku Dynasty. It takes place in feudal Japan. It's an open world, survival, city building, crafting, resource gathering, lots of checkboxes type of game. That could be fun when it's out of early access or maybe when it's a bit of a ways into its early access life because currently it is poorly optimized. I dropped all the settings to load to get it to just run well enough but there's still a bit of stuttering and it just it's just it's rough it's rough and in its current state i can't recommend it because of that and because you have these other options that can fill your city build outside of of course the theming and the setting and all that Medieval Dynasty has a lot more going for it, a lot more interesting characters and dialogues and options, and it's way more fleshed out. But that, that game went through the early access process as well, and I played it after it had already hit 1.0 and had a lot of time put into it on console when it got its console release. So this, this game could very well get there eventually, but it's not there right now. And the, and the, the biggest detractor from it currently is is the performance stuff because i can deal with jank i can deal with shallow systems and stuff of that nature at one point when i was skinning a deer my knee clipped through my head and then it flipped backwards the calf part of it and just spun around for a little bit and that, of course, breaks immersion, but it's also kind of amusing and enjoyable in its own right. And that's fine. But the regular stuttering was not fine for me. I, I find that stuff really distracting. And the fact that, while it, it looks all right, my system should be able to handle it fine with all the settings maxed out defaulted to them all maxed out because I'm pretty sure it said to itself you could handle this but it, it's just not super well optimized and a bit of jank in the controls the tutorials are okay but some of the many things get busted it got stuck in the menus at one point I had to relaunch the game because it would not let me escape, uh, leave a certain tutorial message, no matter what I did. So there, there are things like that, some bugs of that nature as well that hinder the experience, which again, I chalk up to being in early access. So if you are a fan of city builders and, and all that kind of stuff, 
You may want to keep your eye on it. You may want to wish list it. But in the meantime, maybe check out Medieval Dynasty. I think that, that game's also going on sale quite a bit. So keep your eye on that. But in what I played of Medieval Dynasty around long, I, I, I enjoy that game. I wouldn't mind getting into that more at some time, but it's one of those games where if you, if you decide to play it, you're gonna you're gonna invest quite a bit of time into it. There's a, there's just, there's a lot in it. But then last up is Kyle the King of Rue Bend the Rules DLC, which is different from the previous DLC I played for the game in that it's not a part of the main game. It has its own option in the main menu where you jump into it and then you have five brand new levels and five new challenges. As I was playing the game, messing around in the hub world, and then playing through the first level, I was reminded of what didn't work for me both of the other times I played Kyle the Kangaroo. And that is its lack of personality. It is generally a good-looking, colorful game, plays well, but there's nothing about the world or the character of Cal that stands out in any way. This is the kind of character that you could see in the bargain bin as a plushie in a big lot, a big lot or whatever, or at a dollar store or at a Michael's that is branded and you see the name Kylie King and you're like oh that's that's from something okay whatever it's it's a few bucks I'll get it but I don't know what this is from and I don't really care to find out and then the levels are a little frustrating in how they're designed and that everything seems it seems like everything is just ever so slightly off. Like this platform should be a little bit more over here. And this gap should be a little bit different. And this, it just feels like it could be a little bit more tighter. It feels like a desk that was put together, a piece of furniture that was put together where you put in all the screws and you tighten them just enough so that it would stay in place. And then you were you were going to remember to tighten them all so that it was really solid. And you just forgot to tighten all the screws. So that it's technically all together, but it's loose. It, it, it wobbles. It's, it's, it's not structurally perfectly sound. Which is it's too bad because again, looks pretty good. Looks pretty good and plays well. Combat's boring though. You are a kangaroo with boxing gloves, so you just punch the shit out of everything. And everything is easy to beat the shit out of with your punching with your your boxing gloves. But yeah. That that's it. That is it. So, that'll do it for this here episode. Went long. Better than expected. But I hope uh, y'all enjoyed it. Whatever. Anywho, that is going to do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX sausage if you'd like to support me and my nonsense if you enjoy this here show or any of the stuff i do and what have you you can do so over at patreon.com slash pxs that is again patreon.com slash pxs depending on the tier you support all of uh, me at you get access to a weekly q a does that sound like fun well Look into it. And maybe you can join in on the fun. You also may get occasional random streams at the All You Can Oatmeal tier, which is also the tier that you go for for the Q&A. Is that, I mean, it's All You Can Oatmeal. It is All You Can Oatmeal. That's my 
play on all you can eat. Get it? It's dumb, I know. But so am I. But if you want links to other dumb stuff, including the Patreon, like the site, the YouTube, the Discord, etc., you can find all those links and more over at pxsausage.com. That is pxsausage.com. But that is it. That is all. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day, a lovely rest of your week, and a wonderful, wonderful weekend. But for now, adios. Uh, arrivederci. Bye.